from uh, from a buddy of mine who uh, really thinks Trump blew it with his tweets today. Oh, yeah, we've gotten some emails, too. You know, the, the Democrats' whole strategy, which I find morally nasty, just nasty, is to turn this... Uh, the Kavanaugh thing and the accuser and all of it into a uh, we love women and Republicans rape women and are harsh and accusatory and don't believe in the rest of it. And I'm sitting here thinking, wow, that you know, those of us who want small government and and, and lower budgets and more liberty and stuff, that doesn't make us rapey. Far from it. It's a horrifying accusation. And then the president comes out with a like, uh, 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 where have you been? No sexual assault victim would uh, not go to the police right away. Come on. Right. So every sexual assault <coughs> victim in the country is now angry at him because it, they didn't go to the authorities right away. And it really it makes the Republican Party seem incredibly tone deaf toward women. And, and the ass women have had to put up with and the rest of it. And anybody who loves women is trying their hardest to understand the reality of it and bring it out into the light and... And it's like, where the hell have you been? Yeah, yeah, the Trump Trump supporters are pretty aghast at the couple of tweets this morning. And and what's so crazy about it is, is he was staying out of it. Yeah. And and uh, I described and going the other his day, direction. It was going right. his direction. And I described how Marco Rubio was. It was as if, and this is what I said the other day. Forgive me, but it was as if he was being asked to criticize a five year old in front of her. Um, he was choosing his words so incredibly carefully. Republicans are trying so hard to say, look, 100% down with making sure women are not victimized. On the other hand, we need a little more than just an accusation to derail one of the leading judges in the country. Threading that needle pretty effectively, and it was going their way. I cannot imagine. Well, I almost said what he was thinking. I, well, he wasn't exactly thinking. This just in, McDonald's is removing the cinnamon from their apple pies. What? That's one of the best things they make is their apple pie. Oh, yeah. Gosh, and filling may be hot. (laughs) What is this anti-cinnamon propaganda? I don't don't understand. Uh, Most apple pies have cinnamon in them. I don't know. Now, now. I'll do the research over the weekend. (laughs) Maybe today. So, anyway, uh, Richard from Poway, uh, California, expressed that he finds the current political discussions disgusting and disturbing. I do, too, Richard. And he said, uh, can you name two people from each party you'd like to see run in 2020? And you're going to tell us after Clips of the Week? And I'm going to tell you after Clips of the Week. Awesome. (laughs) Which is a fond look back at the week that was. Here it is, Cal, Clips of the Week. It is a, a, an externality, if you will, of, of a unprecedented, unprecedented amounts so, of student loan debt. I'm assuming I'm not going to get an answer for the other $38 trillion. But... Why aren't you rich? <laughs> well, stupidity and sloth. Well, whose bright idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot? Quick hello to the thousands of you here in the audience tonight and to the hundreds watching at home. Incidentally, mayo chup is also the sound you'll make after eating it. Engaged in variety of sex with different people or animals. I would like to start by saying unequivocally, uncategorically, that I deny each and every single allegation against me today. 
it would have been the first ever case of someone being demoted from porn. <laughs> and I said, don't mess with Nana. My grandchildren call me Nana. In my post, I was, you know, empowered and I was sure it probably did. I had no idea that I would have to now, you know, go to the specifics and defend it. Dashing through the snow on the one horse open sleigh or the fields we go laughing all the way. Which was part of a bigger experiment of what happens when you give scientists LSD. The old 97s are coming out with a holiday album. This is one of my favorite bands. Just found out. I believe I will be attending their wacky holiday show. Hmm. I have no idea if they will be covering the, the classics or have written new Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving themed I don't rock like, and roll. I don't like any new Christmas songs. All the Christmas songs have been written decades ago, maybe hundreds of years ago. Right. And those should be sung only. Right. Um, uh, we got a couple of texts about our conversation about the technology, which I like this one. Alexa, read, <laughs> Alexa, read me Ted Kaczynski's anti-technology manifesto. Oh, boy. Ouch. It's getting a little crazy. Yeah. 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 Both ends of our digestive tracts are holes between the cheeks. What was that? Thank Thanks God. for that. I will block that person. Yes, yeah, that's enough of that, filth. I wonder if you can tell Alexa to tell Siri to do something just as a power play. <laughs> <laughs> and then have Siri get really jealous and like start act- acting out in a passive-aggressive way. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, boy. Are you mad, Siri? Oh, oh, well, if you don't know what I'm mad about, I'm not going to tell you. Wow. Plugged in sister wives. <laughs> What's wrong, Alexa? Nothing. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> oh, my God. Is there a name for that feeling when you're on the receiving end of one of those? Oh, despair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the feeling that, well, this is going to take a while. <laughs> oh, golly. Oh, boy. So, uh, Richard, here's your answer. Who would I like to see run for president? Alex Baldwin. That's correct. Uh, pr- assuming that the uh, uh, the Tangerine Tornado does not run for re-election, uh, in my dream world, I would like to see Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass, run for the presidency. I have no idea if he uh, has any interest in that. Just to make sure this is uh, this is not an anti-Trump thing. You're just saying no. if both seats were open. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um. And uh. And the other one would probably be Trey Gowdy, who I think is whip smart, two Republicans, funny, running against each other. Yeah. Well, no, he asked for two Republicans and two Democrats. Okay. So here's here's my. You may recall during the last election cycle, I supported. Who did I start with? Scott Walker. Talker for Walker. I was a talker for Walker. You were fisty for Christie for a while. <laughs> but briefly. You almost supported them in the order that they dropped out of the race. <laughs> I, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty true. I was, a, I was diving Scubio for Rubio. I can't remember. And then I was uh, schmoozing for Cruz. <laughs> right. I mean, it was, I was like the angel of death. Ron, uh, Rand Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, I stand with Rand. Yeah. I stood with, with Rand for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that may be where I started. Then I moved on to Scott Walker and 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 single handedly uh, snuffed out his candidacy, <laughs> et cetera. So bear that in mind. So uh, I, I absolutely love Ben Sass and I love uh, Trey Gowdy. Um, on the Democrat side, 
I will tell you this. I um, I look at Roy Cooper, who's the uh, very moderate uh, Democrat governor of North Carolina. I don't know a Roy Cooper. Seems like a reasonable fellow. And I think, yeah, life would go on. That'd be fine. And then uh, Joe Donnelly is a senator from Indiana. He's one of your swing red state uh, uh, senators. They're always talking about that uh, had better vote for Kavanaugh. You know, Trump won the state by X number of points and the rest of it. Was he? He's he a bipartisan guy. Yeah. Did he have some VP run? Is that where I'm recognizing that name from? Probably. He was probably on somebody's short list. Okay. But is Joe Lieberman still around? Uh, his Joe Mentum is completely over. <laughs> Joe Mentum. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. There, there are a couple of names. There, you know, there, there are several Democrats who I think would probably be fairly Clinton-esque. Here's the thing, though: the process is not built for the best in any sense to emerge. No, on oh, either side, not. it's no. just not the way the parties have built the system. It's the most adamant and loud on each side get their way. And the most enthusiastic, which sounds pretty good um, when you say it. But then if you were to apply it to virtually any other part of your life, you know, if there was a very small but incredibly angry and animated, uh, um, you know, subset of the Kiwanis Club that was absolutely certain we needed to sell sex toys to raise money for blind kids or something like that, you might end up doing that. And... You know, or or at work, you got a crisis with your biggest client. Well, there's a very small group of guys in the office and gals who are just wildly enthusiastic for something mm-hmm. that, that most of the company is saying, I just, that's too, that's too, no, 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 no. Everybody calm down. But the everybody calm down crowd doesn't tend to show up for primaries. And so we end up what we with what we got. So we meant to get to this today. Yeah, we got into it. And that's not anti-Trump either. I th- the, the system desperately needed a grenade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As I made clear, Trump was not the grenade of my choosing, but I love a lot of his policies. Love them. Stock market set another record yesterday. Yes, the rich get richer. Like a hundredth record or something since Trump's been president. Dee, 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 dee. Economic growth, the unemployment numbers, the, 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 the wages rising. According to some USA Today chart, which, you know, I'd like to do a little looking into their methodology, but they say that very few Republicans are running on the economy and the unemployment rate because it's just not the mood of the country. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard you've got to run on the future. You can't say, look what I've done. you got to make promises. Mm. I heard a strategist explain that once. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. to this next week. Um, uh, Beto O'Rourke is getting quite a bit of attention. Whether he wins or loses running against Ted Cruz for the Senate, he has emerged as a star and might be the, the person running for Democrats. It'll be he, He's going to have to run against Gavin Newsom and Camilla Harris and obviously you're naming a bunch of other people. Um, but anyway, his answer on NFL players kneeling has gone viral. Maybe we'll get to that next week. Ah. As we get closer to the election. Is he an America hater? A bunch of a bunch of things. He just he just he seems to have that talent for uh, hitting the sweet spot on variety of things. My mm-hmm. elevator pitch to him is: I think he's the left's version of Ben Sass. 
Yeah, he looks. He actually looks like Ben Sass. Yeah. That's interesting. He, he's young. Maybe the, does he, the big teeth help you out? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. <laughs> oh no, I have tiny little brown nubs. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I've got the one hundred. Most powerful people in entertainment for the year. Physically powerful? The Rock's got to be toward the top. <laughs> At the bottom, 60-year-old Gilbert Gottfried. Woody Allen. Yeah, Woody Allen would it be at the bottom. Do you want that or not? I don't know. Do you want that? Uh, it's how many people? 100. I'm not going to do all 100. And number 75. <laughs> Which brings us to the 50s. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know. Just who's do number, forty. I always like to hear. Yeah, who's hit me with the, random name numbers. Who's at the ass end? Who's number one hundred? It's actually a particularly interesting one because, as Sean said earlier, it's the person everybody in Hollywood's the most afraid of. I think he should be higher on the list. Ronan Farrow. Oh. Uh, oh wow, that is thought provoking. I wasn't. You know, I was uh, thinking too linearly. That'd be all executives and actors and producers and stuff. Um, what do you want? Top 10? I'm just randomly going through here. Michael asked about number 40. They are the heads of Apple's video division. Apple has a video division. Yeah, they're going to be getting into the streaming game within the next year or so. Okay. And, uh, they How are, do you not? They're putting a ton of money into this, and they're they're kind of the big elephant that has yet to step into the arena mm. in terms of the streaming wars. Yeah, God, it's interesting. <laughs> so I'm watching that Norm MacDonald show that I really like. And he's got guests on, and some of the guests are are big people from regular television. And the people from regular television, it's well, it's just upside down, Mal, because Netflix is a bigger deal than they are. Sure. By a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting, a guy on Netflix interviewing somebody who used to be a big deal on CBS, which now is nothing compared to Netflix, whereas where is where you really want to have your show if you want to be a big deal. Right. And the chance of somebody discovering it is much higher. Well, not to mention creative freedom and oh yeah, several other yeah. Know, factors. I, I hate to say this, but one of the real adv- things that I really like is the the cussing. Not for the cussing's sake. I don't giggle every time somebody drops an f bomb. Oh, <laughs> but it's just so much more real. Yeah, Norm Macdonald um, uh, being snarky. With David Spade and David Spade saying, "Oh, f you, f you." I mean, it's just it's just so much more yeah, real. Yeah. two guys talking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the debasing of society. Maybe you're right. Do you want this or not? Sure, give me give me the top ten. Okay, I'm intrigued, and I I don't care a lot about entertainment at this point. See, I'm confused by this because it's got a number one and a number one hundred next to it. So, what is the number? <laughs> it, that's a, a printing error. So the the number on the right is the they're ranking on it. The other one is subtracting is, to where they are. I like this, but it's an almost unusable layout that I've been given. Yeah. So the top ten will be the last couple pages. That's what you claim. Well, we'll work this out. In yeah, maybe we will. By the time we do the show, that's what the people we'll keep saying. Fix on, this in editing, right? That's what everybody. I've watched a couple episodes of Norm Macdonald's show, and it is so. It is the most <laughs> thrown together. He doesn't seem like he even cares he's doing it show I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Which is part of the appeal. And all the guests at some point say, is this actually being recorded? Or is this, is this really a show? Or are you making, is this a joke? Is this like a bit? Wow. <laughs> no, it's, it's my show. It's very meta, man. <laughs> very meta. So uh, speaking of high tech, I'd, I'd like to get into the Alinskyization of Kavanaugh. Well, maybe, listen, maybe I'll touch on it. What's that mean? 
Um, Saul Alinsky, who was a, uh, a Chicago community organizer, inspired Barack Obama. He's most famous probably for writing uh, Rules for Radicals, a pragmatic primer for realistic radicals. Um, and this guy, Rich uh, Logis, Logis who, who writes for American Thinker, which is a conservative uh, website, he says uh, a lot of people refer to it, but uh, not many people have actually read it. Um, he considers it the sequel to the Communist Manifesto. Hmm, I've not read it. But he said uh, Rules was a significant part of Obama and Hillary Clinton's political upbringings, uh, etc. Um, uh, Alinsky's 13 rules are effective. The first step to challenging them is actually recognizing them. And he goes through how the Democrats um, and what he calls the DMIC, the Democratic Media Industrial Complex, Alinskyized Brett Kavanaugh in the lead up to, during, and after his confirmation hearings. And uh, some of them are more interesting than others, uh, like that fascinating list of powerful people in entertainment. Um, but uh, <laughs> number, I think that was sarcasm. Number two is never go outside the expertise of your people. As Alinsky wrote in Rules for Radicals, the issue is never the issue. I like the sound of that. That, that sounds uh, smart, especially today. Right. The reason Democrats were obsessed with the documents withheld by the president had nothing to do with the documents. It has to do with the fact that the Democrats on the committee were unwilling to have substantive legal discussions because uh, Kavanaugh would have made the Democrats, some of whom are trained attorneys, look like first-day law students. You know, he's authored 307 opinions, etc. Um uh, make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. Though there weren't explicit questions about Kavanaugh's Catholic faith, he noted his work with Catholic charities. Um, the rule uh, was the basis for California Senator Cuckoo Kamala Harris's lie that Kavanaugh called birth control abortion-inducing drugs. Um, here's the ACLU's predictable fear-mongering that Kavanaugh would usher in a theocratic oligarchy. Uh, in fairness, I'm not angry at the ACLU because voting is a lot like any decision or purchase. It's done based on fear or greed. Ridicule is man's most potent weapon. Yeah. Trump uh, Trump has proved that. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. You know, this. Is, I don't know if Trump was aware of these or read them or he just uh, naturally had it, but he's utilized a lot of these tools. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, as has probably anybody who's been effective. If you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through into its counter side. Um, I'm not sure I understand that. Uh, here, here you go. Look at the havoc Trump has wrought. We must prevent him from further destruction. Okay. Oppressing okay. women, the, the way he's oppressed the races and all. It's like, where? What are you talking about? But you keep pressing it and pressing it and pressing mm. it. Until it's accepted. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the Kavanaugh standoff continues, so the vacuum is being filled by others. With uh, oh, and then we've got Trump and California Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom clowning each other. This is really good. That might be your face-off in 2020, Gavin versus Trump. And Apple's trust ratings of customers based on Apple snooping. And rule number 13, which is the key one in a moment. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hathaway's tweet about white privilege is getting a lot of attention. She's an actress. Oh, boy. Maybe we get to that. I don't know. Here's your uh, 13th rule for radicals from Saul Linsky and how it's being used with Kavanaugh. 
In Clintonian fashion, the Democrats will persist. Remember, Kavanaugh can't prove he's not racist or that he won't vote to send abortion battles back to the states where they belong in the first place or that he's not a rapist. The Democrats will continue to color Kavanaugh identically to how we describe Justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor as an untrustworthy judge who will legislate from the bench. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's the modern game, right? Yeah, what percentage of uh, political conversation is dedicated to what is true? I mean, deliberately dedicated to what people believe to be true. As a percentage? Yeah. Boy. It's a thin gruel. Got to say. Yeah. Let's get the news now. It's practically Phillips. irrelevant. Yeah, it is. Still waiting to hear when and if Judge Kavanaugh's accuser will actually testify next week. Negotiations are going on, even as this was happening, though. Senate Leader Mitch McConnell was advising those at the Value Voters Summit to keep the faith. You've watched the fight. You've watched the tactics. But here's what I want to tell you. In the very near future, Judge Kavanaugh will be on the United States Supreme Court. Meanwhile, the Northern California Congresswoman, who was Dr. Ford's initial contact on those charges, says the accuser should not be underestimated. Democratic Representative Anna Eshoo telling the Associated Press that accuser Christine Blasey Ford has a great inner strength. Now, Eshoo... Was rel- that an issue? Eshoo relayed the accusation to Senator Dianne Feinstein, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, who initially kept the charges under wraps. So that was the chain of information, how it flowed. But at what point did she was she willing to have her name out there? She when was, it when it was outed? It was remember the first day the story dropped and we actually had a reporter on there. Right. She was talking about the reporters are now trying to figure out who it was. Yeah, right. I don't yeah. think it was yeah. outed. I think people found out there were reporters just outside her house one day. And then it's like, okay, well, it's out. Yeah, so I get, now I need I get to, that. When yeah. she had reporters coming to her house, she thought, well, I'm gonna now I'm gonna suffer right. the, the. But who slipped the address to the y- reporters? Yeah, they, there's no way they could have figured it out, is no. there? No, no, obviously they couldn't. Reporters figured out, hmm, who was he at a party with perhaps 40 years, years ago? ago. Yeah, yeah, so that's not it. Somebody leaked it. Yeah. Somebody leaked it. Yeah, so I would say it's either somebody in Eshoo's office or uh, Feinstein's office. Yeah. yeah and somewhere, uh, yes. Also worth dropping in one more time that the strategy for weeks has now been delay, 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 and these so-called negotiations are just another effort to do that, in my opinion. In a campaign-style rally in Las Vegas last night, President Trump was heaping praise on his nominee for the Supreme Court, Mr. Kavanaugh. And then, with great gusto, Trump went after the Democrats and California Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. Democrats want to give welfare and free health care to illegal aliens funded by the American taxpayers. How about this clown in California who's running for governor? No, think. Just think. Well, you got a lot of people from California that moved here. But how about this guy? (laughs) Wait. He announces he wants open borders. That means just pouring. And then he wants to give them health care, education, everything. You know what's going to happen? California is going to have a billion people within a very short period of time. No, think. And somebody has to ask. Who's going to pay for this? And you know how bad it's going to be? You talk about waiting online for the vets, which we saw. You'll hmm. be waiting online for 
10 years. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Open borders, come on into California. All over the world, they're going to be pouring into California. I was with you, but the uh, the waiting in lines like the vets, which we've solved, eh, I haven't heard anything about it being solved. Mm. Uh, Gavin Newsom responded to the accusation yes. that he's a clown by... Uh, Comparing yes. the president to... He said, interesting description coming from the guy who's literally locking up kids like Pennywise. In like what? Pennywise. The, the evil clown from It. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. The Stephen King movie. See, I'm, yeah. I'm now so old that I don't get hit, hip young references by politicians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 30-year-old Stephen King movies. Right. Um, you remember, Jack, that, was, that movie coincidentally came out around the time when... Killer clowns were menacing our towns yes. and cities. At the edge of the woods! At the edge of the woods! Right at the edge! And, and schools were sending home 100% serious letters. We aired quite a few of them, yeah. assuring parents that we are on the patrol for killer clowns. <laughs> That's how stupid our society is. And Thanks t- for the Pennywise reset, Gavin. And another reset. It just turns out that today is Stephen King's birthday. He's 71 today. So does Trump think uh, Gavin's a rising threat? Is that why he focused on that at all? Partly. And, and Gavin goes you know, right up against him uh, on a number of his sure. big themes. I, I will tell you this, though. This is an example of how politics works. You know, speaking of Saul Alinsky and knowing, you know, if you know the playbook, you see... You know, the guy go in motion, and you know, oh, they're trying this. Um, remember, you lie! Joe Wilson, was that the name of yeah. the guy? The, the congressman who yelled at the president, and that was considered way out of line. Remember what he was yelling about? Back when we used to have lines. Right, and decorum. He was yelling because the president was claiming that universal health care would never be extended to illegals. And in much the same way, the idea of driver's licenses for illegals went from laughable to unthinkable to no way to 50-50 to now it's passed. Uh, Now you have a candidate for the governor of a state with 39 million people in it or so saying, oh, yeah, yeah, health care paid for by taxpayers for anybody who's in the state, no matter their status. Hmm. So it's gone from unthinkable to proposed by a major candidate. All right, my friends, do you think you're trustworthy? Well, Apple is reportedly... Absolutely not. (laughs) Apple is reportedly snooping to not only decide if that's true... I hide my valuables from me, Marshall. I won't tell me my secrets, because I know they'll get tweeted ten minutes later. (laughs) Apple is rating its customers' trustworthiness. Oh, my God, it's like China. Same thing. They added a new feature to their uh, uh, operating system update for iPhones, and in it... Apple assigns trust ratings to their users based on phone calls and email habits. The company maintains their building your score based on the calls and the emails you send and receive so they can help spot fraudulent transactions made using your device. I don't understand that at all. I, I, if it exists, and I assume it does, uh, whatever your source is, that is, is this for... Uh, marketing purposes or security purposes or what are they going to do with that? Well, the company swears this is simply to prevent fraud. They haven't explained, though, how knowing the number of calls and emails you make or receive can help stop fraud. Right. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. They see it working in China. The whole, uh, what do they call it? The China. Social, social credit. Yeah. Social credit right. score, yeah. Right. So anyway, Apple is following up on that, and that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting to get show, The Conscience of the Nation. Oh, squawky.
Can you believe the state the country's in? Anne Hathaway, she's an actress. Uh, can't picture her off the top of my head. What's oh, she yeah. been in? Thin, pretty. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's well, in okay, the... that narrows it down. Uh, <laughs> oh, the thin, pretty actress. Late Miz, probably best known for the Princess Diaries, I think was her. Okay. Uh, she uh, had a, a tweet about white privilege. It's getting a lot of attention. So. All right. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Amazon is working on a whole new way to make humans obsolete. Over the next three years, Amazon is reported to be, they have a plan to open 3,000 cashier-free stores called Amazon Go. You know Amazon lets you buy whatever you want from your house? Well, now you'll be able to get in the car and drive to the store, park, buy the stuff, get back in the car, and bring it all to your home all by yourself. It's a great idea. It's, this would be like Netflix opening a chain of blockbuster video stores. Kinda. Yeah, that thing we had earlier about the ability to turn down your lights and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like I need. Well, I've, I've come up with a couple of those things that I think, wow, that would be cool. Then I realize because you're lazy. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all appeal. You're okay, a very so, lazy man. <laughs> so now I don't have to walk across the room to turn on my lights. Is there any real benefit to that other than sloth? Save you two minutes. In okay. some cases, because so I got to open up this window and that window and that window. I turn on the house fan. It sucks in the cold air in the morning. Great. If I had Amazon or Alexa do that for me, I'd probably sleep two more minutes. For Still two be late to minutes. Work. Yeah, and that's an extreme example because the and that may your, be stretching it. That that turning your thermostat up or down or the lights on or because you know you're talking seconds. Alexa, turn the thermostat down to seventy four degrees. I could have done that in less time than yeah. it took me to yeah. describe it. Yeah. As a single man who has avoided responsibility for a majority of his life, I should probably... Successfully. Yeah, I should probably groove those things. No, I can just go turn off my own things. I think it would be most useful for people with kids and families where the their, quote, free time, right? It's not choosing between, do I finish this Game of Thrones episode or go do yeah. the things that Alexa's doing? God, you got to come up with better examples. All the examples. Open and close your garage door. Yeah, okay. I got one of those. Can we work on the common cold and headaches <laughs> or something like that yeah. instead of an alternate way to open my garage door? I don't know if I can handle the white privilege thing. Maybe Monday. Really? It just seems. Ah. It's a Friday. Well, I, you know, an actress wants to talk about white privilege. Any guitar players want to talk about the stock market or painters want to address, you know, I don't know. This is interesting. Speaking of tech, um, some ways in which artificial intelligence isn't even close to the human brain, and I like hearing this all the time. Not just because I'm on Team Hobo Sapien, uh-huh. but uh, I worry about artificial ta- intelligence not only taking all the jobs, but like taking over the world um, and making life very, very weird. And hooking us up to machines and draining our vital fluids and turning us into slaves. This is really complicated. Maybe I'll get into it more on Monday, but um, AI hasn't got the ability yet to like 
look at a room and take in the information in a way that any child could instantly. Because it's just hmm. so freaking complicated. Hmm. Um, and they've got the example of artificial intelligence looking in a room and they identify a guy, a couch, some books, a shelf or whatever. Then they put an elephant there, the elephant in the room. They put an elephant there and artificial intelligence just goes crazy. It just can't handle it. It doesn't do what a human being would immediately, immediately, there's an effing elephant here and you'd run for your life or scream or yell or, or that can't be real or, or, a, number of, or, pass, or a number of different things. <laughs> right. But artificial intelligence does not have, this is an extreme example, but it doesn't have the ability because it's gazillions of calculations to figure out what should be in a certain situation and what shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, really complicated if you right. think about it. Right. God, you could come up with endless examples. Yeah. There's a gun over there. I would immediately think, holy crap, artificial intelligence, unless it was programmed for that specific thing, yeah. would just recognize there's a gun and not think, in this context, that is really strange. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about uh, their, what do they call it? Scripts? I think in psychology where it's um, you have detailed and complex knowledge of how to behave and what should be happening in various scenarios. Uh-huh. You go into a church, you see here and expect different things and act differently than you would in a convenience store, for instance. In a gazillion different ways that you right. probably don't even recognize. Yeah. I think our, our robot overlords will, will uh, confront that by merely mowing us down <laughs> <And> wherever <laughs> we are, whether church or convenience store. And then, if I haven't mentioned this, hooking us up to machines and draining our vital fluids. I'm very fond of my fluids. What's a computer going to do with your uh, your fluids? Oh, turn them to their evil uses. I don't know yet. <laughs> They're going to drain me of my magnesium and use it to replenish their batteries. I don't know. Of course, it wasn't that many years ago that they thought chess was just way too complicated for a computer to ever do, and then they finally caught up to people. So I suppose they'll catch up to everything eventually. And that's kind of the the part about it starts with having something that can open your garage door. But that technology needs to exist before we can get to the stuff that w- is actually useful, right? Mm. Like you well, I don't have, have to... to buy it, though. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you keep working on it until it gets to something that can actually help me. How terrifying would it be to get an actual legitimate offer and put you in a time machine and let you see 10,000 years from now? Yeah. How much fear, trepidation, and wonder... Would you have in your head as you, you know, got in? I think even a hundred years from now would be mind blowing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be no humans. Yeah, ten thousand years, you might step out to sand, right? Just sand and heat, or giant crocodiles. That'd be terrible. (laughs) Alexa, play something stupid and idiotic to waste my time. Okay, here's final thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. You know, regular-sized crocodiles would be bad enough. That would be wild, though. If you, ste- if you step out 10,000 years of the time machine and there's, you can't see a human being, just sand and crocodiles, then you'd have to think, what happened? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's just get a final thought from everybody to end the show. Hey, uh, Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, headed out of town for an old high school buddy's wedding, seeing many friends, a lot of which I haven't seen for five, close to ten years. I'm really looking forward to it. Going to take a bunch of pictures, and then it's going to be a blast. I hope you guys have a good weekend as well. Cool. Thank you. Marshall Phillips, final thought? Uh, I'm getting ready to travel as well. I'm getting very excited. My Christmas trip to Woodstock coming together. Got my flight plans in hand. Going to take 13 hours each way. Red-eye flights. Two-hour bus rides in the snow. I am going to have a preface of my trip. 
right at armstrongandgetty.com for you this weekend. Fantastic. Uh, Pre-travel log. Yes. Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, today is the first day of fall. If you didn't find love during the past summer, I'm sorry. Work on yourself and be ready for next June. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jack, do you have a final shot thought you'd like to share with us? I thought we have the answer to this question. It's monkeys riding horses. Isn't that what we're going to see? 10,000 years? Talking An monkeys. dominated planet, if you will. Yes. yes. A planet of, by, and for the apes. Right. <laughs> My final thought is picture picking up a dandelion with the white uh, seeds and all and blowing on it gently. I'm going to be slow cooking ribs tomorrow, and by the time I'm done, you could blow the meat off the bone like it's a dandelion. <laughs> and I will perhaps wow. have leftovers Monday to bring it. Oh, yes. good Lord. Yes. Oh, maybe, good Lord. Yes. Maybe yes. you buried the lead. Don't drop them. Yeah, don't drop them, and then pick them up and <laughs> rinse them off, kind of. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.